All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode nine of Behind the Bench. We're going to give you a little quick rundown of what's going on in today's episode. First and foremost, the boys at Behind the Bench want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We hope everyone's staying safe uh, through these through these trying times. Obviously, Christmas and New Year's is going to look a little different for everyone this year. But we uh, hope that everyone still uh, stays safe and enjoys family as much as they can. All right, let's get in. Into it, ladies and gents, we're going to be talking about obviously what's going on in COVID um, here in the province. The outbreak of Charlie Woods, the debut, absolute stud, NHL return to play plan, the World Juniors, and then we're going to give a, our interview, which is going to be with Kyle Davidson, the assistant GM of the Chicago Blackhawks, who's won two Stanley Cups. And then we're going to get into our Insta Q and A, ladies and gents. So that's what is up for today's episode. And we're going to send it to Tom for a live ad read here for Silver Cross. Here we go. Silver Cross, Sudbury, Proudly Serves, Sudbury, North Bay, Elliott Lake, Sturgeon Falls, Espanola, and the Manitoulin Island District. Making a difference in our clients' lives and providing solutions to help them with our healthcare needs is our priority. And that's a little message from Dean and Chantel Jacklin, who are the owners of Silver Cross Sudbury. They sell the following products. Stair lifts, curved stair lifts, porch lifts, deck lifts, ceiling lifts, wheelchair lifts, just to name a few. Silver Cross Sudbury provides also the following services. Free in-home assessments, installation, service for stair lifts, wheelchair lifts, and other mobility equipment. Contact Dean Jacklin and Chantel Jacklin for any healthcare need by phone at 705-222-0700. That is 705 705- Two 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 zero seven zero zero, or visit them on their website or check them out on Facebook. Great people and family, but more importantly, the best people for what they do. What an ad read, Tom. What an ad read. Talk you about like that, can eh? we get a lift count, please. All right, lift, ladies lift, and gentlemen. Lift, lift. Let's get right into the episode. Here is episode nine of Behind the Bench. Seems as though I've lived my life on the bad side of the moon To stir your drags and sickness still without a rustic spoon Now come on people, live with me where the light has never shone And my hornets flock like hummingbirds speaking in a foreign tongue Is my life, is my life, is my life What is going on, everybody? Man, that tune of April Wine does not get old. God damn, I love that tune. Um, okay, Tom, let's get right into it. Let's talk about how everyone's doing. Tommy, buddy, how are you? I'm great. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, Al. I'm done. Uh, well, my last exam is tomorrow morning. So when this episode gets released Tuesday, I'll be done my exams. I just have a few more assignments to finish up tomorrow afternoon. But it looks like Monday is my last day of third third year first semester so uh i'm excited i'm a little nervous for tomorrow morning but uh other than that i'm excited for the christmas holidays besides the news we got earlier today which we'll get into but uh i want to hear from you and mason on how you guys are doing absolutely absolutely good to hear everything's going good we're going to send it over to producer mason money savage what's going on brother uh absolutely no money happening over here today the rams lost to the goddamn jets 
that's a tough one. <laughs> How about that? Uh, but no, other than that, another rough day for uh, my outdoor rink. Black Lake is uh, oh. flooded now with the warm weather. But honestly, boys, that was that was the best rink I think I'll ever have in my whole life. It I shoveled it, it was perfect black glass, about four inches. Felt like Mace, I was in uh, Lake Louise just skating around the mountains. It was amazing. Macy FaceTimed us a couple of days ago and I think we're on a group FaceTime for like less than a minute and you're like, okay, gotta go. I only have this much sunlight left. And then you hung up without even us saying bye. <laughs> or like, okay, PC, man. Yeah, man, I was fighting the sun. Now it got till 4.30 to rip box. Unreal. Um, it was, I'm it jealous. Was uh, but hey, if uh, there's any sponsors out there that want to sponsor what could be the best outdoor rink Sudbury's ever seen, uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, we've got great content ideas. We can do a little shootout. I'll strap the pads on. Uh, I know Tyler Bertuzzi can't score uh, score on me in the breakaway challenge. So open invite to him. Uh, yeah, I'll pass love over it. to you guys though. Love it, Savvy. Love it, buddy. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait. I think we're going to get some bites on that one for sure. Um, all right, boys, let's get right into it. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Right into it. We just missed the intro for you. Is there anything going on in your life? Well, I was waiting for my cue top. No, I'm just kidding. Well, Listen, every, everything's going good on on uh, this end. Um, happy, you know, we're almost done school. Going to hand in an exam and uh, we're going to be done. And it's going to be nice to have a little bit of time off. Hopefully, you know, get to see some people praying that we get to see some no friends kidding. and family, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing good over here. So good, let, good. let's get right into it. Okay. Um, so news, so we are recording on Sunday, like we usually do. The news hasn't come out yet. It's going to be, there's going to be announcement at 1 PM tomorrow. Sorry. Yesterday, which, uh, is, is Monday. Um, so 1 PM Monday, Doug Ford, the Premier of Ontario, is going to uh, give a statement on what the plans are for Christmas, um, COVID-wise. And there have been some sources that have been leaking some information. It's not looking good. It looks like that Ontario is going to move to an, a total gray zone. Everyone's going on lockdown. Restaurants, bars, uh, whatever you name it, is going on lockdown. Everyone's got to stay home. Um, and quarantine periods are going to vary for different regions across Ontario. But that's what it looks like so far that uh, that's going on. That's the news we have on Sunday right now. Obviously, the announcement will uh, will come out uh, uh, by by this time. You, by the time you're listening to it, so let's get everyone's thoughts. What, what are we feeling about uh, COVID right now, Tom? Just uh, my immediate reaction was just this just sucks. Like uh, I was so far over it, uh, everything going on, and now more so, you just shut everything down at the worst time possible. Uh, the hope of maybe seeing some family over Christmas is that that's all shattered now, basically, from what it sounds like. It's just it's just shitty. I I mean, nothing else to say rather than, like, both of us, even me, maybe included, are going to be degenerate video game players again. Like, I know, Alex, you might be getting a headset for Christmas, so it looks like we might have to set up a Twitch account for you for, for the <laughs> podcast. But, yeah, like, I don't know. It's 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 just frustrating. There's not really else... I can say that rather than I just, I just want this shit to end. And hopefully I guess I was reading um, a couple of days ago and it looks like eight to nine months, maybe the vaccine will be pa- passed around in Canada. So next September, maybe this is all going to be finally done, but who knows? Yeah. Um, my two cents is, you know, we get such good news about the vaccine and then now we're, we're heading backwards. Um, and I, I, I feel agree. like, you know, yeah. being a Northern podcast, 
I think that we've been doing a great job uh, with COVID. Cases have been low here. I don't think it's fair to us that we have to go on lockdown when our neighbors um, across the province haven't been doing uh, so we're just, we're just at two weeks at least, though. So. Pardon? We'll, we'll right. just be two weeks. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. All of Ontario will be a month. Right. Nonetheless, you know, it just sucks that it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's coming out Christmas Eve, right? It, it was kind of a little sneak attack that, you know, now it's going to bar anyone from traveling. But at the same time, why don't you just ban people from traveling from city to city and shut the highways down? I don't know. I don't know how you police that, but that's just, uh, you know, that's the world we're living in right now. But to turn it on a positive note, I want to see, you know, if we do go into lockdown for a couple of weeks, what's everyone's plans or goals here? And we'll start it off with Tom. Oof. Well, this golf match that we, I guess, started AL. So I got to keep my cardio up and my physical well-being intact. So I'm definitely going to be hitting some home workouts. If that's you the need case, to worry about your mental game when you're playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All your right. physical. We didn't get into it last time, Ace, because you uh, you were absent uh, last podcast, but you voted for Alex, so we're just going to skip right over that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I might have to start my own podcast. I have to start my own podcast like Avery, but um, my goals and my plans, I don't know, probably play a lot of Xbox and definitely just some home workouts because, like I said, I've been my body's been feeling great. I've been back at the gym a couple of times with a trainer, and that's all ruined now too, so... Um, all the yeah, progress like that I've had. You guys start a start a be a GM mode, maybe get a Twitch stream going. Yeah, I think maybe I think that's something over on the leaves. See how see how I that think would fit. We do a little COVID relief on uh, on the Twitch stream, <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> I think we do something like that. Um, keep ourselves entertained for for two weeks. What about lot you, of, Al? What are you going to be doing? A lot of zooming with the boys. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Zoom those poker, days, Zoom. Yeah, Zoom everything. Zoom everything. Zoom stock through the roof, through the roof. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, you know, you're going to have your new Christmas gifts. So maybe, you know, check those out. Enjoy whatever you have. No kidding. Um, and uh, and also watching the World Juniors, which. Uh, yeah, which is still well, kicking. Good segment into the next uh, topic there. Yeah, right? And we'll, we'll get right into it. Um, World Juniors. The my favorite time of the year um, is when the World Juniors are on. Love watching. I've been watching since I'm a kid, um, and this one could have the potential to be the best talent that we have ever seen in a World Juniors from top to bottom. Tommy will send it over to you. Thoughts on the World Juniors, and let's go. Who are gonna? You think it's gonna round out the top three from this uh, World Jays, Tom? Okay, so top three. I'm not sure how the divisions work because clearly I haven't done my research, but me as a gambling guy, I just checked the bet 365 and the odds are out for who's going to win. So Canada being the favorite at plus 130. So I'll just, just for your uh, brain there, if you bet a dollar on Canada, the win it pays out 230. Hammer that. Thank okay, you. Okay, so Canada, Russia, and the States are up there for one, two, and three for best odds with Sweden and the number four. I thought Sweden would actually contend with, Can- like, be up there with Canada for my picks. Um, but they're at plus 700. Mace has a good payout. No, I'm pretty sure Sweden lost their coach and their captain really? due to COVID. And then because oh. they, they hit COVID, they couldn't join them. That's another That's topic thing because Germany got like, what, 10 guys uh, positive? And so as soon as you get one, there's I, I heard this on Checklist. It's actually crazy. I don't know if you guys heard this. So the guy got tested at the World Juniors from Germany, positive. As soon as you get one test positive for COVID, you're immediately out of the tournament. You go back, 
He went back to his college team that he plays in the States, tests again, and it was false. Yeah, that's... Or it wasn't false. It was negative. So it was a false test. Sorry. Yeah. So nuts. isn't that nuts? Like, um, And here's the big thing. Uh, a lot of preliminary games are getting, uh, like exhibition games are getting canceled because of COVID. So Canada is going to only have one game going into um, the World Juniors, right? So yeah. you got to keep that in mind. And here are the divisions. Uh, let me round oh, out. The give me, yeah, give me the divisions. Yeah. Okay. So in Group A, we got Finland, Slovakia, Sweden, Canada, Germany. Group B, we have, oh, sorry. I said Finland. So Group A is Finland, Slovakia, Switzerland, Canada, Germany. Group B is Sweden, Czechoslovakia, Russia, USA, and Austria. What a division that one is. That's a group of death right there for those four <laughs> teams right there. Um, I'm excited to see. Uh, okay, so obviously I can't not pick Canada with that team being so loaded and us being Canadian. So I, I got Canada win this whole thing. But a couple of people that I want to keep an eye on, I want to take – a better look at that Askarov goalie from Russia. Yep. So apparently he's supposed to be insane. And I like to see what Cole Caulfield does for the Americans. I like back. it. I like it, Tom. I, I think, you know, with that group, Canada should at least go three, three and one, maybe four and all. Depends on what the Finns oh, yeah. are, are bringing um, out of group B. You know, you got to think the states, states in Russia but then you got you got Sweden as well, so that one's going to be a gong show of a of a group. Mace, Mace, do you know who the captain with Sweden was? Captain of what? That's of Sweden. I got no. I'm trying, to find, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to Was it a Was it Lucas Raymond? He was a fourth overall pick. That's Sweden. Um, Alexander Holtz was seventh overall. I'm not sure if I went one of those Wielander. guys. Oh yeah. Captain. This was last week that. There's two coaches and a couple of players. Wilder's a second round pick. You mentioned COVID out. This it's just ruining. <laughs> well, I mean, the World Juniors are deciding to run a tournament during the pandemic, which is bound to have some uh, defaults in it. So absolutely. Um, yeah. Who do, so you? Who do you like, Al? Sorry. So listen, I like I like Canada, and it's like the common theme: Canada. Russia and the States are, are probably going to round out my, my top three. They're always good. Those are usually the top three teams. Sleepers, you're looking at teams that can be gangbusters. You're looking at like, a, um, I would say, a Switzerland. Um, you're looking at Czechoslovakia. You're looking at the Finns. Like they, you know, these are teams that are, are, are sleepers, underdogs, that could really cause a, a pain, pain to – to these teams, but that group B is going to be a group of death, and it's just going to be hard for Canada coming out of that group stage. Whoever they're playing is going to be a tough test because um, you could have, you could have, you know, a USA or Russia at the third seed, right? So it could be tough. Um, but nonetheless, I think uh, it's going to be a great World Juniors, and hopefully, um, everyone, you know, we get these full teams together, so uh, we get to see the best talent. None of this COVID BS. Yeah. Stopping it. I, I think Canada's gonna cakewalk this whole tournament. Right. Just cakewalk. Yeah, just cakewalk it. Right? I, I think so too. I think so too. I think it, it, they're loaded. Kirby Dock and um, their division is not the best. So. The Americans left uh Red Savage off their team. Right. Day. Yeah. 
they also uh, I forget they left they left I think a Boston draft pick that was there the year before they left they left a couple guys off this year um, from the state's roster so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting but again I like I like Savvy's pick I think it's Canada number one for me and I think it's gonna be you know Russia USA that's how I'll round it out I don't even know if the hey, hey, I have a quick question after this yeah. Uh, we come from different generations, almost both six-year age gap. So, who who's your guy's favorite world junior player? Like, who do you remember the most? Oh, we answered this for the Q and A last time. The greatest memory I have, Mace, was the Jonathan Taze Trudeau moment. There was he your favorite player. Oof! From the world junior, that yeah. I loved. I loved Kadri. Um, favorite like player though the Everly Everly era, Everly Subban, Ellis, like that team was absolutely disgusting mm-hmm. favorite player is tough though it's gotta be carry price 2007 mm-hmm. yeah that's a good that's i think good days for me because he just he gained a lot of respect from like everybody else and he went the and the nhl right after and just dominated and then won a couple i'll times. tell you man i got mine i don't know 2017 they didn't win they blew it against uh the russians but Sudbury boy, I got to go with it. Marcus Foligno was an electric factory at the World Jays. Him and Zach Cassian on a line were hitting everything in sight. There was this one hit where Marcus came from the blue line and like put a guy in the corner. It was unbelievable. <laughs> um, I made my Facebook cover photo, Marcus Foligno, yeah, when yeah. that World Juniors was coming around. Yeah, it was and such a big moment. the season or something. It was such a big moment. Like a guy from Sudbury, like it's very hard to make the World Junior squad. That's a oh, tough. Yeah. And the guy from Sudbury, do it was was huge. So um, I think, yeah, I think we got it covered, boys. Are we good with the World Juniors here, for sure. Okay, let's do it. All right, so let's move on. Um, we're gonna go from the rink to the course, and Charlie Woods. It's all I have to say. Tiger Woods is son. They played in the PNC Championship um, this this uh, last week and were unbelievable. Unbelievable. Charlie Woods looking exactly like Tiger. Let's send it off to Tom. Thoughts? Yes. Perfect. You're coming to me first. Awesome. Okay. The one video that got me going the most about this guy being absolute a beaut, a legend, whatever you want to call him. Al, how about that one hole? I guess that he plays, he obviously plays the advanced tee blocks. So he, he hits stick, picks up his tee, looks back at his dad, Tiger. Yeah, don't worry, don't hit, we're good. And Tiger doesn't even hit. They use it to drive like half, like the, the whole time. In the over, yeah, it was unbelievable. And that five wood that he hit from like, what, 180? And it was like from three feet, and they're both staring it down. I yeah. How about that natural eagle he made? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Looking like me, a whole one of the ID Cup. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. And he's just rip. He's just ripping Justin Thomas apart with some chirps and stuff. Like this, this guy, this kid's gonna. He, he's gonna be he's special. So, he was so in the zone, and what was so cool to see. And I watched it like over a, a bunch of times. He oh, yeah. fist pumped today. It was like exactly like a tiger fist pump. Like exactly the club twirls exactly like tiger. This kid is going to be a stud they finished um tied seventh no they finished seventh alone at 20 under so they cracked the top 10 it was their debut the kid's 11 years old 11 years old and is an over under five major championships i'm smashing over i'm smashing i'll tell you right now that kid's gonna win a, a, a bunch of masters championships i think he he is an absolute gamer and a stud 
And I can't wait to see the future for this kid. It's going to be. You see the fake Twitter account someone made for him? No, no. Glad I did math so I could count all the birdies me and my dad made all weekend. (laughs) That's hilarious. I know. Awesome. Tiger actually said um, in in a bunch of interviews that he wanted to shelter Charlie. Charlie didn't speak to the media at all. Um, Any of that. Tiger wanted you know to shelter him, keep him in his own little world and bubble. And I think Tiger's done a great job of like protecting his kids from the media. So far, oh, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, when he gets older, he's gonna start playing a little more collegiate golf, all that kind of stuff. D1 and, schools are just licking their chops, yeah. Seeing this, he's this, gonna be this sick. Weekend. Um, oh, yeah. also, I, I just want to before we move on, it was an absolute joke from anyone who's running any type of golf TV network that they did not have this televised the entire time. I think out of the entire time that you were able to watch this championship you got to see tiger and charlie play maybe three holes um so absolute joke on their part when you know you have those two people in the lineup and you don't have them in uh on on tv for people to watch just an absolute missed opportunity absolute joke my my end but um any anyone got any more thoughts on that or we're gonna move on good to move all right let's go um let's talk about our guest today big guest Kyle Davidson, the assistant GM of the Chicago Blackhawks, um, came on and spoke to the boys. He's from Sudbury, Ontario. Obviously, um, a great guy and a great story. Um, and we'll send it over. Tom, what were your thoughts on the interview? Kyle Davidson, everyone's going to listen to this and think that he is a role model for everybody that's in SPAD. He, everybody, Alex, um, that's in our program or want, wants to come in our program in the years to come, uh, want to get this guy's job like for what he's done in the short amount of like years he's been there uh he's already won two cups and he's only what 32 years old yeah so like he's living this bad dream is what we call it um and yeah no it was a great interview like some like part of the reason why alex we started this podcast was to have guys like this on i love this uh the cap friendly and the contract stuff so we got a little bit into that and i was just in my element i, I love that stuff and Kyle Davidson, just a great role model and a future GM job in the works for him. I can see it already. He's so young and for what he's doing um, with the Blackhawks now being promoted to assistant GM, not many people can say that he's done that at that age, right? So, yeah, he's such a smart guy. Like you can tell he knows his stuff. You'll see from the questions we ask, like he's such an intelligent guy. He knows so much about the game um, and it's just cool to see, you know, he started right from the bottom. Um right and worked all his way up and, and the ceiling is not even close. Uh, so I think uh, oh, he'll be a GM one day. Yeah. He's getting, yeah. So we'll Stan uh, Bowman there. So yeah, absolutely. Well, Stan um, Bowman just got the promotion to hockey ops. Exactly. Mm-hmm. President what, of hockey ops and GM. Since there. So it's, it's going to be cool. You never know. You never know. Hopefully uh, he gets it. But uh, without any further ado, ladies and gents, here is Kyle Davidson. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is by far the biggest guest the boys have had on since we started behind the bench. This person is the definition of never giving up and working yourself up the ladder. Ottawa-born but raised in Sudbury, Ontario, this sports admin grad began his career working for the Sudbury Junior Wolves, jumping up to the Rockford Ice Hogs in 2010 as his first internship job from SPAD. 
this person got his chance with the big club joining the Chicago Blackhawks of the NHL as a hockey operations intern in 2010, quickly proving himself getting promoted to a full-time role as a hockey analytics slash video analyst the next season. He was promoted again in the summer of 2011 to hockey administration administration coordinator, elevating himself to manager of hockey ops in 2015. After a few years in that role, he was promoted once again to senior manager of hockey operations in 2017 before newly becoming the assistant general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks in 2019-20. Like I mentioned before, ladies and gentlemen, this is the perfect example of working your way up. Not to mention this person has been part of the dynasty years of the Blackhawks winning a cup in 2013 and 15. Now, without any further ado, it is behind the bench's honor to welcome Kyle Davidson to the podcast. How's it going? Thank you. Wow, you really ran through my full bile there. That's <laughs> right. You know what? We don't we don't miss anything here behind the bench. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was great. I didn't realize how many titles I had. Well, it was crazy. We were we were looking up uh, your elite prospects. It was it was loaded, loaded with uh, titles. Yeah, it was awesome. Wow, that's that's great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. So, what are you up to right now? Uh, just getting ready for the season, kind of prepping for that. Yeah, right now we're um, you know we're 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 waiting for the season to start. We we don't really have any definitive uh, dates or timelines or what form it's going to take, but. You know, we're just staying ready and, uh, you know, uh, right now it's all about the prep in terms of, of, of scouting. You know, we're doing a lot of draft work and staying on top of the junior leagues. Right. So, um, outside of, outside of that, you know, we're, it's, it's kind of been a hurry up and wait scenario really. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Is there any idea of when the season started? I know there've been talks that they're pushing it back to later January. I don't know if there's any news that you've heard. No, there's nothing, nothing out of what's in, in the, in the news. What, yeah. what you hear is basically what we hear on, yeah. on the team side right now. We're just, you know, it sounds like January and uh, you know, if it is, we'll be ready. And if not, we'll be waiting a bit longer, but right now yeah. we're planning on, on, on January and uh, yeah, well, I'm just looking forward to get back. Uh, yeah. No kidding. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. So yeah, let's get right into it. Let's, let's start about uh, when you were growing up in Sudbury, did you get to play any hockey or any sports growing up? Yeah, I, I played hockey growing up. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a high end player or anything like that, yeah. but I played, played uh, a little bit. And then, you know, growing up, I, I, I played a bunch of, you know, just kind of every sport, nothing great, just yeah. everything good. And uh, yeah. So, it, you know, I played up until, probably, I don't know, mid teens and then kind of shut it down and just, you know, played around for fun a little bit. And, and then, uh, I guess it really, that my, my hockey career, if you can call it that <laughs> ended around, uh, you know, around high school time. And, and that's when I really started focusing on trying to maybe figure out how I wanted to get into the game, uh, on the operation side of things. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff, Tom. Yeah. So Kyle, where did you graduate from high school? And like, why was SPAD the, was, well, I guess was SPAD the main priority or was, was Brock? Cause I know Brock has that sports management program. Was that an option as well? And maybe just talk about why you chose SPAD. Yeah. I graduated from uh, LaSalle. Uh, okay. New Sudbury. And uh, yeah, SPAD was always the focus for me. Um, uh, you know, it was, it was local. It, it had a great reputa- reputation. Um it just fit. It was just a good fit. Um, right. uh, I don't think I really ever got to 
you know, looking beyond SPAD. I think I, I got in fairly early in the process and, and so it wasn't really a thought to, uh, to look elsewhere. Yeah, I heard rumors from uh, my cousin Devin that you're the water boy for LaSalle hockey team. I'm not <laughs> sure if there's any truth to that. Yeah, uh, well, I'm not going to deny that, but uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I'm the only one that made the NHL, though. That's right. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. That's a yeah. good shot at Devin. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Um, yeah, so dialing it back. Um, let's talk about how you first got into the hockey industry, like joining, um, Rockford. Was that always something you want to be a part of going into hockey? Yeah, I, I always want to be part of, uh, the, the hockey operations side of things. Um, yeah, like it, I guess, I guess it was around high school when, when I did realize, you know what, this is what I want to take a run at. I really want to get into the, maybe a front office, uh, of, you know, you know, I didn't really know what form that would take at the time. I just knew, you know what, hockey is my passion. I want to give it a go. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's something that, that I can make happen through SPAD and through just, you know, maybe working my way up the ranks. Um, and, and, you know, I, like, uh, I started my first, you know, time I was actually on an at like a real team, uh, was the junior wolves, like you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. And I was like the assi- assistant equipment manager. Mm-hmm. And so I was, uh, you know, I was riding the buses and unloading the the sticks and, and the skate sharpener and, you know, like filling the water bottles and, yeah, and yeah. anything I, anything I, you know, had to do around vacuuming the dressing room. Yeah. I was, I was doing it because, you know, what, it was, I was part of the team. I was kind of getting that, that ground level experience. And, um, yeah, some pretty some pretty neat neat stories and neat experiences coming from 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 the junior wolves there that year. Yeah, big time. Yeah, <laughs> sort of like what uh, sort of like what me and Alex are doing with our internship right now. We took we both took an internship with the Sudbury Minor Hockey Association, and uh, as of right now, Alex is kind of like the coffee guy and gets me coffee every morning. But uh, <laughs> totally not true. <laughs> <laughs> totally not. True. Yeah, like it, coffees. Yeah, the the one you know like. It, it's not glamorous, but at the time I was super pumped just to be part of part of the team, you know, like something as little as like getting the tracksuit and you're, yeah, you're it's the on best. the bus with the, with the boys. And, you know, a lot of my friends were on the team for, for a little while there too. And, and uh, it was, it was good just to be around, be around them. And, um, you know, but it's, you're starting at the ground floor, right? I was, I was the one year I was, I was really early in, in SPAD and I, Remember, I was studying on the bus up to Iroquois Falls, which is you know about three yeah. plus hour drive right. away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're you go up and how it works or how it worked at the time was you put in like uh, your subway order on the way up, and then on the <laughs> way back you pick it up, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I'm I'm trying to be a good suit. I'm getting like my 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 experience on the on riding the buses and putting in my time, and then you know. On the way up, I'd write my. I was at the front of the bus with the coaches and the and the training staff, so I'd write my my order first. It goes to the back. I think some of the players changed my order, so like when I pick it up. I'm pick. I'm studying there in the dark after a game in Iroquois Falls, probably like midnight, one o'clock, 
and I get my sandwich that is now a carrot and ketchup sandwich. Oh so, my god! Like being, I'm doing my job and putting paying my dues, and just get, and I'm getting kidding. a carrot and ketchup sandwich. And and you're taking back. care of these guys. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's but it's it at the time you're kind of rattled, but like no, kidding. you know, it's, it's it's funny to look back on now and and just the different experiences you have. Uh, trying to get into the into the business right yeah no absolutely absolutely you know that's that's a good story there kyle so moving along to i guess after spad graduation in 2010 you take that internship with the rockford ice hogs in the american league in the sales department uh maybe just touch upon briefly like your experience there and how you got into that internship in the first place yeah it was it was a connection through uh uh, family member. Um, he, he, my, my uncle had played some, uh, junior hockey and then a pro as well, but he played junior hockey with, with the member of the organization, uh, the Blackhawks organization. And there was a, an internship available. Sales wasn't what I wanted to do, but there was kind of a, um, you know, like a, an unwritten promise or, or hint that I'd be able to help out with whatever hockey ops asks or, or, or whatever came up. And so I was like, you know what, maybe it's a, a cool opportunity. It's, it's in the AHL, you know, pro league, put on the resume. We'll see what happens. Right. Anyways, I get down there and, uh, from the time I got, uh, the internship to the time I got down there, the, the team had changed ownership. And I think like on my second day, I, uh, I got called into the, the president of the team, his office and just, he's like, you know what? Like, I, I don't know if, if this work fees is going to work out. Like it's, it's, it's pretty expensive. Like I, I don't doubt that. And, yeah. and, you know, for a sales intern, which turns out there wasn't too much to do in right. that internship, yeah. you know, it's probably a lot of money to spend, you know, if you're trying to get a Canadian or work visa in the U S mm-hmm. uh, and so, you know, he's like, you know, you can stay for a certain amount of time and then you have to go back. And right. I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm totally green to the whole thing and aloof. And I was like, yeah, oh, maybe this is going to happen here and there, you know, not everything's going to work out. And, and so, maybe like two weeks later I got uh word that the hockey ops intern in Chicago had left. I think he went back to grad school or something right. like that. And so I, uh, yeah, I sent my resume in and had an inter- uh, interview and got the job. And so I was only in Rockford like a month. Wow. And then I started in, uh, in Chicago. Yeah. Like I got down to Rockford in I think September and, I was in, uh, I started in Chicago, November 1st, 2010. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Crazy. Yeah, it, was, it was just, you know, like it was, it was sort of right place, right time. And and that was, that was kind of my strategy is to try and put myself in good positions, right. Whether, you know, financially it was not a good option early on. Like a, it was an unpaid internship at a different country. Right. So, you know, you're not, you're not going down there for the money. You're just going down to try and make, uh, make things work and get the ball rolling on, on, on some sort of experience. And right. it, yeah, it, it worked out and it worked out obviously way better than. And the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. 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 Crazy stuff. Wow. Yeah. That's such a cool story. So, so you start working with the Blackhawks. So talk about like your first job there. Like what, what were you doing there? Well, the internship was uh, very much just, you know, office intern. I yeah. was, answering uh stan bowman's phone um when people would call into the office and uh 
you know, making, making books for scouting meetings or, you know, really anything. Like I didn't really have an assigned job, uh, you know, a job description. It was more so just, there's going to be a lot of stuff that falls by the wayside you can help out with. And, and that's, that's what I did. Um, and I kind of rolled that into my first job, which was doing video and, and very basic stats. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and, and we'll roll right into that. So again, you, you do kind of whatever it takes, whatever whatever anyone's asking, and then you, you head into this video analyst. And you said that you were doing um, a lot of like passing, uh, analyzing that kind of stuff. What, yeah. what was that about? Yeah, um, you know, it was. Man, it feels like it feels like a million years ago now. Um, <laughs> I it was it was tracking every pass we made. Yeah, um, you know, and and I was basically the data collection for that where that went i don't i don't know i have no it was it was a lot of it was tedious time consuming work logging every pass and um and and kind of breaking it down coding it the way that uh, i was asked to to code it and 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 then from there i don't know what we did with it if anything but you know, it was something, it must've been some, there must've been some sort of tangible benefit from it because I did it for quite a while and it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so someone was looking out of them, assuming sure. maybe not, but <laughs> uh, you know, I, I didn't really care at the time. Uh, but, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of where, what I started with um, was that passing project. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, if we had to guess, um, I guess this podcast and everybody can assume hearing this, that Patrick Kane was probably the one that racked up that department, the passing department, the most, uh, what was it like watching that guy pass the puck around and uh, any, oh, any yeah. moments from, uh, from you that you remember of any passes that he made that you're like, Holy shit, like what a pass this that was or whatever. Cause I know that we see <laughs> on, you know, on TSN every morning, some sort of Patty Kane assist highlight. So. Yeah, no, I, I, nothing pops to mind specifically because you're, I, you know, honestly, when you watch that much hockey, um, and, and how you're watching it, you know, you're not watching it as a fan anymore and you're not, it's, it's strictly, you're watching it for your purposes of, of plugging it into your spreadsheet. Right. And so you're not remembering anything. You're, you're just watching. And, and afterwards it's, I don't know what happened. I just know what passes were made, but you know, getting to watch Patrick Kane every night is like, you know, he's, he's magic, you know, he's, he's unbelievable. And, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he was great on that project. Again, no idea, didn't see the results of it, but you know, him, I, I, I do remember, you know, it was, there was a lot of volume from him and, and Duncan Keith and, you know, it's obviously they're, they're great players, log a ton, log a ton of ice and, and have the puck a lot. So, you know, they're obviously two names that, that I remember having a log uh, a lot of information on but yeah specifically i have no idea yeah <laughs> i can't remember one specific one but yeah awesome uh, it's just you know it's a treat to get to watch those guys oh no, absolutely yeah um so then kyle you get promoted to in 2011 to hockey administrative coordinator uh what was that role about um i think you know i'm trying to remember back i think that was probably my first foray into um cba matters Okay. Uh, into the administration of the operation. Um, that probably would have been around the time that uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff left to become the GM of the Winnipeg Jets. Right, right. He was he was the assistant GM when I arrived, and uh, he left shortly after to take the Winnipeg job. And then Mark Bergevin was assistant GM, 
And uh, I think I think Chevy uh, did a lot of the a lot of the CBA salary cap tracking uh, while he was there, and and Bergevin, who who had more of a scouting background, uh, I think they looked for someone else to take that on because he was going to be um, heavily involved in the scouting and out on the road, and right. and you know someone maybe wanted someone in the office to handle some of that. So right. I think that that was. Uh, what that title uh, brought was a little bit of the the CBA and, you know, very, very basic, uh, I'd say like entry-level CBA matters. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my first introduction. Uh, gotcha. At that gotcha. Time. Yeah. And, and that was kind of right around the, the lockout year, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure if you had to deal with any of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that would have been, that maybe was like a bit before. You yeah. Know, and, and sorry, I'm getting, I might... Again, like I mentioned after the intro, I had a lot of titles <laughs> and, and I, don't, I don't know uh, exactly what all of them meant, but yeah, yeah like it would have been b- just before the lockout, like gotcha. if, because lockout was 20, uh, 12, 13 and, yeah. and um, yeah, so the hockey administration coordinator probably was, yeah, like 2012-ish. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And and we'll roll right into 2013, obviously, yeah. and, and a wicked year. Um, yeah. I mean, I believe you you were able to be there for, for the win in, in uh, game six against uh, Boston. So, yeah, obviously, what that run was like, it, being on the ice, getting the hoist that cup. I mean, you can go through it all. But what, what did yeah. that mean to you? Well, it was, you know, obviously, either, you know, the cliche is like it's the culmination of, of that Canadian dream, right? You yeah. get to lift the Stanley Cup on, and, and you know, at, at again, when all this stuff happens in the moment, it, it just doesn't seem real. Right? It doesn't seem it's you're you're living it, and it's just kind of like, is this actually happening? Especially <laughs> for me, like I had I had graduated three years prior right. from university, just like crossing my fingers, like oh, I hope I can get into a job any time in my life right. and then you're on the ice in Boston lifting the Stanley Cup like it doesn't really compute right like it doesn't it, it does not make sense at the time Unreal. and uh so yeah that year was just that year was was crazy because obviously there was the lockout then we started like I don't know maybe it was late January early February yeah. it was just like a race to the finish yeah it was so fast it was so the hockey was so intense because it was just again the the regular season is normally this marathon where, you know, you have to guys have to pace yourself. And this was just drop the puck. Everyone just went full go. Yeah. And it was a, it was a sprint to the finish. And, and, you know, we knew we had a good team going into that year and, you know, no one knows you're going to win the cup. It's right. so hard to win the cup, but you know, you're going to have a shot with the yeah. group you have. And so, you know, it was, it was just a crazy, it was a crazy run. Um, and it was a blur. Like I, I'd have to look back and, and, and to single out some of the moments, but that game six in Boston was, was wild. I can, I can still see, like, that's one thing I do remember is my exact view on uh, the tying goal and the winning goal. Yeah. Uh, I was, yeah, I was right over Tukarask's left shoulder in a suite at the top of the first bowl there. And crazy, just Unreal, no big deal. Yeah, yeah that is. That is <laughs> I love it. that. Is awesome. Oh my god, what a story! You a few years ago, you were getting carrot and ketchup sandwiches from the Sudbury Junior yeah, Hall. Exactly. Yeah. Stanley Cup, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you get to travel on the road with them the entire time, or? 
No, no. The, the, you know, the, the traveling party was, was pretty big, but yeah. I wasn't part of that until, uh, until game six. Yeah. Yeah. I joined the, I was on the team. Charter for a yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So then we're going to move, uh, I guess two years. Yeah. To 2015. So <laughs> the article that Joe, uh, a good, good friend of me and Alex, Joe Denny wrote about you. The yeah. article mentions, um, so obviously you get the job with hockey operations manager. I don't know if you remember this headline now, but so 2015, you get the hockey operations manager role. And in the article that he wrote, it says that you dealt with salary cap and arbitration. Uh, were you able to sit in any big cases and maybe touch upon how, uh, different it is to sign maybe a first line star compared to maybe a fourth line guy that doesn't see much minutes. Um, yeah, well, you know what? I, I, so Sal being involved with salary arbitration, that's, that's maybe a bit misleading because we've never been to salary arbitration in my right. time with the team. Right. Uh, right. Actually. Yeah. Actually getting to salary arbitration is fairly rare in the NHL. Yeah. You know, you see mm-hmm. it in like, um, like major league baseball all the time. Everyone goes to arbitration and their salaries determined by an arbitrator. Yeah. It's pretty rare in the NHL. You know, I, I'd say, a very small percentage actually gets to that point. Um, But you always prepare for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I would prepare for that possibility. um, You know, knowing that it, it, you know, the the vast majority of the time you settle prior to the hearing. Um, But, you know, when, when you're dealing with, you know, maybe someone that, that is considered a first line player, your preparation is um, a little different because you know, you're obviously the stakes are higher. You're the money's bigger. The, the term is longer. Um, the implications when you're projecting, uh, in forecasts, you know, your forecasting models, that's all impacted two, three, four, eight years down the road. You know, it's, there's, there's, there's this long lasting impacts to signing uh, a top line player. Mm -hmm. And it's also, you know, I'd say it's it's almost easier to try and pin down uh, salary. You know what they're going to make because there's a little more established precedent for the for the top end guys um, than you know a player that plays third line minutes where you know maybe the player's representative is is making the point that um, you know there's potential there that you have to pay for or there's you know, he plays a very specific role in, uh, as a penalty killer, you know, it's a little harder to pin down the number I would say for a guy playing last minutes, you know, the, but it, with that uncertainty, you're not dealing with the, the number of dollars. And so the implications are a little less impactful, mm-hmm. but you know, you, you want to get everything right. You want to get every negotiation or every, uh, uh, projection right so you know there it's not to say there's less pressure one way or the other but uh they're they're definitely they're definitely different yeah yeah no for sure yeah that's that's a great analysis on that just kind of pausing in your career just a question about working um for stan bowman how how's that been obviously you've got to work for him in many different roles um just kind of impact he's had on you and how it is working for him yeah well stan's Stan's been my boss for a decade now yeah. and he's, he's given me every opportunity that I've um, I've gotten to experience and, you know, Stan's Stan's a really smart guy, obviously very successful, comes from pretty good pedigree. And uh, you know, it, he's, he's 
never the, the one the thing that I guess I could thank Stan most for is he's never said no to anything I've asked to experience. Nice. You know, whether it's going to it, early on going to scout NHL games or scout junior games or whatever it was, it was always a yes. You know, and there that he's not the only one in the office that's that's open doors for me. Right. But you know, Stan specifically, you, you just there's there's a lot to learn from someone that sat in the GM seat for uh, as not only as long as he has, but the tenure that he's presided right. over. Absolutely. And you know, and, and and he he's 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 again he's a really smart guy that you. It's really interesting to get his take on situations because he just he he looks at every problem from multiple angles and really mm-hmm. breaks it down uh, efficiently and effectively. And and you can always learn from from that type of analysis. So you know I'm I'm really lucky to have worked under Stan for as long as I have, and and really lucky to um, have experienced or gotten to experience what he's allowed me to be involved with. Yeah. That, that, that's unreal. Have you got a chance to speak with his father, Scotty Bowman, an absolute legend in, uh, in the NHL. If you, if you got any stories with him. Um, oh yeah. I talked to Scotty. Yeah, for sure. Um, he, I don't really have any stories about him, Yeah, but he, he's just, you know, like, like I, I mentioned, Stan's a really smart guy. Yeah. Scotty is, he is a hockey savant, you know, not only his, obviously understanding and comprehension of the game, but he has the best recollection of anyone I've ever met. He can remember lines, players, details about a player from 60 years ago. It's unbelievable. He's, and he's, you know, he's in his eighties now. And, but he is, he's the most curious person I think I've ever met in terms of he, his question, he has unbelievable questions. He wants to know everything. He wants to know about everything. You know, if, if, you know, he says I'm from Sudbury and, you know, he'll know like little towns, Coniston, Coppercliff around Sudbury that, you know, no one should know yeah. but he does and knows people from those town, like players, Amazing. obscure players from those towns. And, and so, you know, he's, anytime you get to speak to anyone of that stature, you know, like the best, most successful coach, hockey coach of all time. Yeah. It's, you're pretty lucky. And, and I've had, you know, some, some access to Scotty over the years and, and yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's a special guy and, 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 you know, just one of the smartest, smartest men I've ever met. Man, that, that is so cool. Unreal. Um, Just such a cool family. Do do you have any stories with, with Stan maybe when, when you were working like any times where he broke down something for you, whether it was doing a deal for a player or something like that? Um, Yeah. Like, I I don't know, nothing, nothing like really specific. He, you know, it's it's a constant education. And and the thing that's really great about Stan is that he, he's always open to, to your opinion or any opinion. You know, he's very, very accepting of listening to different viewpoints because, and and it's a lot like his father, uh, you know, I'm sure that's where he got it, where Mm -hmm. they'll listen to anyone's opinion because you never know what's going to click in your brain and make you see something a different way. Right. And, and so, you know, the way he, he looks at, um, you know, whether it's salary structure or, or maybe, um, or, or how, you know, we, 
we structure our salaries moving years in, into the, into the future, you know, like he's, he's really um, strategic and, and breaks it down in, in multiple ways. So, you know, there's nothing really specific, but just across the board, it, it's always interesting to, to, to break things down with him because he does, he does come at it from so many different uh, yeah. angles. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. yeah, no, this is like a dream come true to have you on Kyle. Cause <laughs> the next question I have for you is like, you mentioned breaking down the key aspects of, I guess, a contract and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, I'm a big trauma police fan. Sorry to put that in there, but <laughs> yeah. whenever, whenever the Leafs sign somebody or even like free agent frenzy day is like a, it's like a national holiday to me. Cause I, I love that day. I love yeah. when all these players get paid or whatever else like that. And I use the, the site called cap friendly, maybe, um, just a question for you is, is there a pro version once you hit the, like the national league is like does <laughs> yeah. Chicago use this site or uh, how does that work? Cause I know I use this site a lot when, you know, a player signed somewhere and I'm like, ah, how are they going to fit that type of thing? Yeah. Well, first of all, cat friendly is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The guys that run cat friendly are unbelievable. Their, their knowledge is off the charts mm-hmm. and you know, anytime anyone asks me um, for example, like, Oh, how do I learn about CBA how do I learn? Like, should I just read it? And it's like, just go to cap friendly's frequently asked questions and just start reading in there. Honestly, there's, there's not a better um, place to learn and, and, and explain accurately and simply than than their site. Like, you know, their, their numbers are right. Their numbers are correct. You know, if they're off on something, it's so rare and so minute, Yeah. but um, you know, the NHL, has their own, their own, you know, like central server that we can log into. But for the most part, you know, I track everything specifically, you know, mostly our, um, our, uh, numbers or our details on my own computer, on my own, uh, sheets. So, you know, but no, there's not, there's not really a, uh, I guess the NHL obviously keeps record of, yeah. of where everyone is, but, um, I wouldn't say there's something as comprehensive and, and user-friendly as, as cat-friendly, no. no. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So just moving along, guess a little side note from that question. Uh, in 2014, July 9th, the Blackhawks signed Taze and Kane um, for that eight-year deal. I think the same contract at 10.5 um, AAV. How was it like um, during that time to get that deal done to sign those two uh, for a good amount of years? Yeah, um, well, obviously, you know, the two two of the more important players of the, uh, the franchises kind of right. run, uh, in those three cups. Right. So anytime you can lock players up long-term, especially, well, anytime you can lock your elite players up long-term, um, you know, you've, you've got to do it. And, and, uh, so, you know, that was, that was a good day for the franchise and, and, and to get them under contract long-term was, you know, it was good it wasn't, uh, it wasn't something I don't, I don't really recall the nego. I wasn't involved in the negotiation, okay. but, um, you know, it's just, you can lock up Taze and King, you do it. So yeah, it was good. Good day. Yeah. Unreal. And then you, you signed those guys 2014 and 2015 again, pays dividends. You win the cup again, um, mm-hmm. this time at home again, you get to do it all over again, but in front of a home crowd, how was that experience? Like, yeah, that was, that was unbelievable. And it was doing it at home was nice because obviously in, uh, 2013 was on the road. I wasn't there in 2010, but 2010 was on the road as well in Philly. Mm-hmm. 
And so this one was at home. Uh, and I think it was, man, I can't even remember now. It was bad. Like two, nothing. I remember Duncan Keith scored, scored like the, the game to the goal to ice it, uh, in the third period, I think. Mm. And, you know, it was just, those games are such a blur. Like you don't remember them there after the fact, once it's over and you've won, it's like, Oh, that was the best thing ever in the, in the moment, in the, in those games, it's honestly absolute torture. Oh, it is yeah, it's, I can imagine. It's painful, you know, like it's cause you're a fan, but you're like a fan plus yeah. right? because you put your life into that. Like you go home and you're thinking about the team, you go to work <laughs> and you're thinking about the team. Like everything is about this team and singularly towards this one goal of winning the Stanley cup. And yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's just a crazy feeling and, and being, doing it at home was great. You know, you didn't have to hop on a plane afterwards. And, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, Alex, your, your cousin was actually at the clinching game. Yeah. He told me in there. He he was uh he said I was up in the nosebleeds watching. He said as soon as they won, we we ran as fast as we could down United Center to uh, to go celebrate with Kyle. I mean that's that's just an all time moment. Whether if it, if it was me winning it or one of my buddies, it just probably one of the coolest things to celebrate one with your buddies and and one being able to watch one of your buddies who's helped build this team to to win the cup. Right? Yeah, I, I remember. I, I specifically remember um, being on the ice. And he, they were sitting up in the in the the top level. Didn't have enough pull to get them some lower ball seats. <laughs> and, uh, and and but then they had made their way down to the the bottom, like right near the glass. And so yeah. I was able to like kind of wave and point them out, like you know, share that with, with him and uh, my other buddy Corey. That was that was with with Evan. And uh, yeah, just just wild. And then I'm you know we kind of got split up for a bit because I went into the locker room and i think they went out into the streets and the, the riots and whatever was going on out on the street but uh but yeah and then you know they were there the next day or i got home later that night or morning whatever it yeah. was and they're hanging at my apartment and so yeah that's that's a definitely a unique unique experience where like you could actually share it with someone where you know in the uh the boston one it was just kind of you know it was with everyone you work with which is yeah. great too and then this one had a unique you know, sort of full circle, share it with friends from back home, sort of. Moment. Yeah, that's all. So you mentioned going into the dressing room. Did you get a chance to put the uh, ski goggles on and, uh, and <laughs> with the guys? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't even remember if there were goggles. Like I see that all the time now in the celebration. Yeah. I, don't, I don't recall there being any goggles. But <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, pandemonium. And and, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, I managed to sneak my way into like the, the players only part that they cleared out the, they cleared out the locker room for a bit um, to let the players kind of have their moment. And yeah. I, somehow I didn't get swept out of there and <laughs> I, was, I was still, I was still involved and I was just standing off to the side, just taking it in. Just again, just another one of those, those things that you'll never, I'll never forget that. It's yeah. Just awesome. Perfect. So yeah. So again, unreal story winning winning the cup in in 15 and uh and we'll send it over um to uh now where you're at now so you're the assistant gm first off congrats on that i'm working working your way up that uh up that ladder like we said so with this role what's a normal day look like for cal davidson um you know it's pretty uh it's pretty 
unique right now. And it's, and it's a little slow just because we, we've got most of our work finished and, mm-hmm. and now we're waiting for kind of clearance on when to bring guys in for training camp. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's, you know, there's the quarantine and all that we have to figure yeah. out. So um, right now it's a little slow. It's, it's a lot of uh, watching games on video. Um, we, we have, we have our meetings for the draft. Um, yeah. Every week we, we get together as, with our amateur staff and, and talk about, uh, talk about players. And so just staying on top of those, those viewings, you know, writing reports, there's, there's some junior hockey and college hockey around Chicago that, that uh, is, is going on and is allowing scouts. So going to those games uh, and, and, you know, other than that, it's, it's just trying to stay, trying to stay ready, trying to stay um, prepared for when the season does start. You know, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to decide what training camp looks like, the size, the length, the, you know, there's just a lot up in the air right now. So it's a little, it's a little uh, bit of just a wait and see moment right now, but um, yeah, just kind of just, get staying on top of viewings that's that's the main thing yeah watching games absolutely good stuff so obviously kyle uh, unbelievable career so far from um obviously you being an intern to where you are now did you ever think you'd be in this position to be assistant gm of the blackhawks um you know in this situation probably not because it was such you know it's it's 10 years but you know there's people that have been in the industry longer than I've been alive. Right. Like this is, this is not, um, it's, it's changing a little bit, but it's not really, a a, a industry where you see youth succeed early on, you know, for the lack of a better, uh, term, you know, you do have your, your Kyle Dubas's and John Chaika's, but, um, you know, again, that's two guys out of how many people that work in the hockey industry. Right. right? So, um, but, you know, I, I guess I will say that I believed I could get to this point at some, at, at some stage. I don't think uh, I would have moved to a different country and, and, and taken the, you know, the, the chances and the risks I've taken if I didn't kind of believe in, in what I had to offer. And so um, what did I think was going to happen this quickly? No, no, <laughs> no chance. You know, I think I think there's there's so few of these jobs available, right? Like every team, you know, for a guy that does CBA and and cap and and that kind of stuff, um, every team's got one guy, maybe two, but mostly one guy at the most. And so that's right now that's 31 jobs, and so that's not that's not a lot of uh, availability, you know. And there those jobs aren't coming available very often, so. I guess the way I always approached it was I just want to be qualified to get one of the jobs, mm-hmm. you know, whether you do or don't, it's kind of out of your hands sometimes. So I just want to be qualified. And that was my goal was just to be qualified. And, you know, it happened, just happened to work out. There was, um, you know, I, there was a group here that, that believed in me and, and what I brought to the table. And, and so, yeah, that's where we are. And it, it, again, when you say it, it's, it's it's really neat because you don't I don't really see myself in that light right you're always looking up to the assistant GMs and the GMs and and you don't really internalize and and identify as that but uh, it's pretty pretty neat pretty lucky yeah it's a, it's an unreal story um, Kyle you mentioned sorry for another first name Kyle Dubas being he's obviously yeah. roughly being around the same age as you. And he took a similar program at Brock. Uh, did your pass ever cross? Is it, and is there any relationship between you two uh, to this day? 
Um, our paths have crossed a couple times. You know, I, I, I really, you know, from, from a distance, I really respect how he's, he's run his program, how he's gone about his career. I've been following his, his trajectory ever since he was, he left to uh, take over the Sioux Greyhounds. So, you know, it's always someone I've, uh, I've kind of watched with, with interest simply, you know, at first, because he was another Kyle from Northern Ontario. Right. And, and I thought it was pretty cool that he took over the, the Sioux Greyhounds when he did. And, uh, you know, I thought that perhaps, you know, the, the junior route was, that was to me, the most logical start of my career was to start helping out in some capacity in the junior ranks. And so, you know, I, I, I think just seeing someone that young succeed so quickly was, was really, you know, it was, it was an inspiring sort of, uh, sort of story. And as far as the relationship, I, I know him to, to say hi, um, you know, our paths cross at games every now and then, um, you know, he, he's always very personal, great, great, uh, you know, chat with and, 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 you know, he's obviously, obviously doing some pretty good work up in, up in Toronto. And so I, you know, I have a lot of respect for him and, and, and what he's, what he's accomplished, uh, so far again, seem great, great interaction with him. Seems like a really nice guy, really smart guy. And so, um, yeah, definitely when I, when I cross paths with him, I, I make sure to go out of my way to say hi. Awesome. Yeah. Again, cool, cool to see that little connection there. Um, so let's talk about the, the season that just passed, obviously crazy what happened with, with COVID. Did you uh, have any, in any part in getting ready for the bubble and getting the team ready for that? Um, yeah, like the, the, you know, the administration and the, the logistics behind, you know, whether it be testing or anything like that, that's not necessarily, um, that was, that was handled by our, our, like our medical staff and the people on that end, but, you know, roster, um, paperwork, all that was, was definitely, that's my area. Right. So Mm -hmm. I was definitely involved with that. Um, and that's, that's really it. There wasn't a ton, uh, from in the operation side of things to, for me, that was required. It was just a ton of logistical stuff for, you know, the medical professionals and the quarantines and the testing and, and all, all the, uh, the work that went into that, uh, just, you know, I, I wasn't really involved in that side of things, but, um, you know, I know it was, it was a ton a ton of work. Yeah. I could, I could only imagine that's something that, you know, you really never think of happening first off and then having to deal with it and, and get guys into these bubble. I mean, the the work I could, I could imagine is just, was was just crazy. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that when it all got shut down, you know, we were unsure if we were going to be included in that return to play. Right. Right. That's right. You So, So like we weren't necessarily, uh, a lock to be playing when, right. when the league came back in, we were just sort of waiting to see, are we going to be part of this? Are we not? If we are, you know, we got it. We got to get some <laughs> things going. So it was a lot of it was just kind of waiting and, and, um, and, and to see if we were one of those teams that was going to have to ramp up testing, get guys right. quarantined or, or, or whatever the protocols at the time were. You know, so again, yeah, it was, it was, it was not a guarantee for us from when right. we stopped. We weren't in a spot to be playing and, right. and we ended up playing. So, um, 
yeah, it was, that was a crazy time too. Just a lot of hurry up and wait, right. Not a lot of information, a lot like now there wasn't, there wasn't too much certainty on when things were going to get going. It just, they tell you and, and you react. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That, that's crazy. The the bubble was definitely interesting for like from a fan's perspective, hmm. you know, all these teams now in, in the hunt for, for the playoffs getting to watch that with no fans in, in this bubble. Like I can only imagine the grind it was um, for the players. It definitely. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so, and then you mentioned again, the team was, uh, for lack of a better word, they were on the bubble of in, getting into the playoffs. Yeah. So let's talk about Chicago now. So there, you guys are in a time frame where, you know, you still have pieces to win, but you're also bringing in young guys from having, having high draft picks. So where would you say Chicago is right now compared to other teams in the NHL? Well, you know what? I think, I think we, we laid it out there, uh, you know, pretty clearly a, a few months back where we, we made the announcement that we were going to invest in our youth and mm-hmm. we're, we're going to work at developing that youth and, and, and building our depth back up again. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think the, to win in the NHL, it requires, you know, depth up and down the lineup. And I think it, one in cycling in young players and developing, you know, that next wave of NHLers. Um, that's kind of the goal. And, you know, we're, we're the youngest team in the restart in the return to play. Right. And, and so, you know, we, we've, we, we've got some young players. We're, we're going to continue to to add more, but you know, it's, it's, it's a time to get back to the top of the, that mountain and stay there. Right. Absolutely. So that's, that's again, easier said than done. Everyone's, everyone's trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the the path we're we're looking at. You know, we want to be competitive. We want to be exciting, but we are going to be young, and mm-hmm. and this is this is part of the process in in getting back to where we were and where we want to go again. And and not only just get up there for a year. You know, you want to you want to sustain that for a for a lengthy period of time. So that's that's the goal. And right. uh, and we're back on that path. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. it. It's such a unique situation because, you know, you have guys from that that dynasty run and also playing still at an, an, an elite level, playing lots of minutes, your Taze, your Kane, um, your Duncan Keats, which is pretty cool. And then you get to bring in young guys such as, you know, your Dylan Stroms, your Alex at these guys, which I find is really cool for Chicago to mentor mentor these these kids and then build that depth and, and winning attitude again, which I think you guys have done a fantastic job with. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty unique situation this summer where we got to we got to play in the return to play and got to experience, you know, uh, something as as close to playoff hockey as we were going to get this summer. You know, you don't you don't necessarily get the atmosphere that comes with playing on the road in the playoffs, especially if we were to you know we played Edmonton. Playing on the road in Edmonton would have been pretty raucous, right? right? A lot different than an empty. an empty building. That's right. So, but having said that, the intensity is still there. The the style of play is still there, and so that's a good experience for the young guys and our, our core players. Previously, um, you know, those guys again, they're they're they were the core for those great years, and they're the core moving forward. Absolutely. You know, they're still around, and they're good. They're there to they're, to teach, to set the standard, and and they're going to help bring that next uh, that next wave along to you know hopefully get back to to where we were back in the 2013, 15, uh, timeframe. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you guys, you, you definitely have, have the pieces, uh, to get there. Um, another question speaking about that youth is drafting, uh, Kirby doc. 
um, you had a, I'm not sure if you had a big hand in it, but what did you guys like from him? And then obviously bringing him on, he, he's performed well so far with, with, with the Hawks. Yeah. You know, Kirby was, uh, I think, I think what impresses most about Kirby was, was, uh, well, first of all, his, his mindset, you know, he's just, he's a guy that, that, that wants to, he wants to win. He wants to, he wants to be the go-to guy. And, you know, it was, it was me, you know, the, the, the combine in Buffalo was, was definitely a, a big, a big point for our part of the process, just meeting him and getting to know him on a personal level. And then the playoffs when, um, when they played uh, the PA Raiders and, you know, I think some of the viewings up in PA, which, you know, they always have a big physical team. It's a small, tough ring to play in and they targeted Kirby and he really, really reacted to it. Well, you know, he, 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 he pushed back. He showed that he can step up in, in those, those playoff games and in, in those tough moments. And that's just something that, that we, um, that we really coveted and, and really liked in him. And then there's just the raw frame and, and skill set that goes, you know, he's, he's a big kid, a lot of room to fill out at the time. He's, you'd see that even the physical maturation over, over the one year has, has been pretty impressive. And, and so, you know, he'll continue that. And so there's just, there's a lot of upside in, in someone like that. And, and so that's kind of what we, what we leaned on and right shot centerman. Oh, yeah. to come by. Can't beat that. Yeah. He, I think you guys got a special player. Um, and, and the way you described him, I mean, there you go. I mean, what more can you ask for in a hockey player? And I'm excited. I think we're all excited to see how he does at the world juniors. I think I'm sure you guys are going to have a close eye on the world juniors. That's the first bit of junior hockey. You might have, have a good uh, look at which, it, which will be, I think probably one of the best world juniors we'll see uh, in times to come. Yeah, no, for sure. That, you know, the, when there's no NHL, there seems to be pretty good world juniors, right? <laughs> you know, even going back to, to the North Dakota years with, uh, with Crosby and, um, and actually our, our coach was on that team. Uh, he was, he was part of that team. Jeremy Carlton was on that, that, that super squad there. Right. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to, there's going to be a lot of good players. I hope they all get there. I hope they yeah. all are able to compete. Yeah. You know, the world juniors, it is it was a special tournament growing up and 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 it's you know it still holds a special place for me and and uh, I love I love watching it's just a it's a great great you know great time of year great tournament and and you know personally and professionally it's oh it's yeah. just a it's a good event yeah yeah exactly we're, we're all big world jays fans we love it boxing day you know it's it's just almost as good as christmas the next day that's right that's right yeah yeah which is which is awesome Let, let's get into the future kyle what what does the future hold for you where do you see yourself let's say in five five to ten years um you know i think i, I as a 32 year old just you know assistant gm named assistant gm what, five months ago or however, you know, that short time frame ago, my, my short-term vision is just to, just to get better at what I do, you know, just uh, whether that's through learning and, and just general experience, um, you know, just more, more time on the job. Just want, just want to keep logging those hours, logging the experience, watching games, learning about the game, picking the brain of, of, you know, smart hockey people, around me and, and just, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of, a lot to be learned still. I don't think you ever stop learning. I think that's one thing, you know, I learned from Scotty is that you never, you, the learning never stops. You keep, you keep trying to get better and keep trying to enhance your understanding and, and your, your philosophies. 
and, and, you know, I'm just going to try and grow in this, this role and, and try and, and try and get back to the top of that mountain with the, with the Blackhawks. And that's, that's my sole focus moving forward. Love it. Can't get enough of winning those cups. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's for sure. Yeah. And just to move along from uh, what your future holds for you, Kyle, myself and Alex, obviously being in third year SPAD and obviously yeah. f- from you graduating from the program, do you have any advice from, for any SPAD students that's uh, roughly around the same age as myself and Alex upon graduation? Um, you know what? I think, I think it would be just to identify what you really want to do. So like, you know, for me, what I came out of SPAD with was I was going to give myself two or three years to just go for my goal. And, you know, at the time I was just like, okay, so I'm going to burn two or three years and this isn't going to happen. That's honestly what I thought was, was going to, how it was going to go. But you know what? You have to give yourself the opportunity to at least try to achieve it. You know, for me, I only gave myself a, a short time frame just because there's so few jobs. It's so hard, yeah. you know, and, and you know what? I gave myself that time frame, but I was probably just going to keep going until I made it happen, yeah. you know, because it, I'm lucky enough to do something I love yeah, and, and be involved in something I love. I, it's not, you know, what's the cliche? If, if you love what you do, you'd never work a day in your life. Right. Yeah. And, and I, there's not one morning that I wake up and think, man, I don't want to go to the office today. Never, you know, never. And that is such a luxury. That is, that is, uh, I feel so privileged to, to have that, that opportunity, but you know what? I, I think you just have to set your sights on what it is you want to do and have a plan, mm-hmm. you know, map out a plan, no matter how small the first couple steps may feel, you never know what's going to click. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know what person you meet is going to open a door or, or what project you do that's going to, to develop a, an opportunity. Like for me, I think taking an un, like an unpaid sales position in Rockford, Illinois for an AHL team did I think that was going to set me on a path to be assistant GM, maybe in a very, very distant roundabout way. Like I, I was hoping it would work out that way, right? you know, so, but it, it was just this small step that put me in a, in, in a good opportunity or in a good situation. And, and so I would just say, you know, never be too big for any task. And, and just uh, be willing to do anything, be willing to experience anything. You know, you're never, you're never um, too big for any task, you know, especially, especially starting out, you know, you just want to make a name for yourself. You want people to, to understand that, you know, you've got a great attitude, you had a great work ethic and you're easy to be around. And when the time comes for, for a job to get done, you want them to give it to you. And, and, you know, the only way you do that is by, by doing whatever tasks they give you the smile on your face, like it's the most important thing you've ever done. And so, you know, you just, but at the core, you have to have the passion without the passion. It's going to feel like work and you're not going to be willing to do that stuff that you're going to have to do to get to where you want to go. So that would be, that would be my, uh, my, my uh, suggestions for guys starting out in the, in whatever business, not, and you know, it's not, not exclusive to hockey. It's, it's, if you want to be in marketing, if you want to be in sales, you know, maybe the, the, the barriers to entry are not as high for someone wanting to be a GM of, of an NHL or a major junior team, but you still have to pay your dues and you have to do what's necessary to do 
the fun stuff down the road. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think you could have said it any better. You know, they say a lot in the SPAD industry and, and when we're in class, you know, it's always about like, there's so many limited jobs. You guys got to understand that it's a grind. There, there's not, the pay's not very good in sports. And, you know, when we get down, we get down like that. We think about people that have made it and, and Cal Davidson's a name that, that comes right to mind first for us. Um, so yeah, what a great way to say it. I hope uh, the SPAD students really listen to that one closely. Um, we're going to send it over here. Um, we're in, this is a little segment we do sponsored by uh, Mayhew Performance called Fast Five. So it's just five fast questions. Uh, and first thing that comes to the top of your head, uh, you give us an answer with. And uh, we'll go from there. I'll send it over to Tommy, I believe, to do it. Unless, Mason, uh, you're, you're good to go. Yeah, you're good to go. Okay, so we'll send it over uh, to Mason for the Fast Five. All right, Kyle. These are uh, top of the brain questions. Nothing too too in depth, but let's go. Let's go. Uh, your favorite spot for food in Sudbury? Uh, Tony V's. Love it. Great. Uh, your favorite high school teacher? Uh, Mr. Lalonde. Uh, your teacher. most memorable spad. Yeah, <laughs> your most memorable spad professor. Tony Church. <laughs> Your favorite team growing up? Sudbury Wolves. Love it. And where's your favorite place on the road to travel to? Uh, well, that's a two-parter. So my favorite place... Jeez, that's a top. I know it's the top of my head. <laughs> I want to say Vegas, but when we went to Vegas, it was it was for meetings. It was, they didn't even have a team yet. Oh no, they did have a team when we went last time. So Vegas, I, I like Vegas, and and like I'll preface that with saying, I am the least quote unquote Vegasy guy. I am not like a partier. I'm not like that's not my scene. But I just for whatever reason, I just love being in Vegas. I just love the people watching, the atmosphere. It's just, I can't get enough. I can't, I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I heard it. It's must, it's a must see thing to go uh, watch uh, Vegas play. I heard it. it's unreal there. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great, great atmosphere. Um, you know, Nashville's another great one too. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, you know what? Kyle, first off, thank you for um, investing your time in us and, and coming on the pod for us to pick, pick your brain. Um, we're really we're really happy that you came on. We're able to showcase you um, on on here. And uh, just on, on behalf of us, again, thank you. And uh, hopefully when we chat with you again, hopefully we can get you back on. You'll be uh, getting the torch passed on to you as the GM of uh, Chicago Blackhawks. We'd love to see that. But uh, again, thanks for coming on. Awesome. I appreciate it guys. And you know, I'll, uh, I had a lot of fun and I'll join the pod anytime you want me to come on. Awesome. Thank you. All right. That was the interview with Kyle Davidson. Um, again, what a treat. And we want to say thank you so much for coming on again, Kyle. Um, well-deserved and, and your name should be out there more than, more than, uh, it is. So, um, just it was so cool for me personally obviously the cup stories you know my cousin got to go and watch him and then run down the stands of united center and, and see him on the ice with the cup was so cool um just, just an awesome story and uh and nothing but uh, great great comments for kyle tom yeah from what the listeners like heard um he was just 
for someone that has that high of a position in the NHL, he was just such a cool, like cool laid guy. back dude. Like at first, my first couple of questions were kind of just like tense just to hear him out, but just the way he was answering, I could just tell that he, like he was in like in a vibe and he, he was just, he wasn't technically at work, you know, answering these questions. He was just talking to some guys that started a podcast. And so the, he knows when to be professional, but he knows when to, you know, be a little bit loose. And that side came out a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was awesome. Like to have assistant GM on in our what ninth episode. Yeah. Great accomplishment for us. So yeah, but like I mentioned before, def- definitely a future GM position for him. For sure. Coming up. Mates, you got any thoughts from the interview? You got you got a chance to chime, uh, chime in from it? Yeah, no, it was it was just cool talking to him. It was just I think for for us and for you guys that that's our biggest interview so far. And oh, like, yeah. probably Huge. probably just the coolest when we sat back after and kind of debriefed and understood who we were just really talking to. I was so excited. This guy's after making we, yeah, yeah. major moves in the NHL, and he's taking the time. So. Right, right. I I don't know. You might you might have cut out there a, a little bit, Mace, but um, the point is definitely got across. So again, uh, thank you, Kyle, and obviously I'll give a quick shout out to my cousin Devin. Thank you for for hooking us up with that interview. It means for sure. a lot. Um, and again, thanks, Kyle. Um, okay, listen, we got a little special uh special guest uh here that is coming on. We wanted to, to get this out to the fans right away. Ryan Johnston is going to be calling in to the zoom here and uh, talking about his, um, talking about his recent signing um, out in Germany. So we are very excited to uh, have him on. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, listen up here. This is a special, special quick interview that we got here, plugging in a little surprise, little Christmas gift here for uh, <laughs> for the listeners. Ladies and gentlemen, fresh off a new signing with the Ezerloin Roosters of the DEL, former Montreal Canadian, <laughs> no big deal, and ID Cup uh, regular season champ. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Behind the Bench, Ryan Johnson. How's it going, buddy? Good, good to be here. Thanks for having me, fellas. <laughs> so let's talk about the signing right away. How, how did this? How did this come about? What What made you decide to go to Germany? Uh, it was kind of weird. Like you know, I mean, it's been a weird season in terms of just waiting around. You know, what I mean, like you end in March and then you know stayed away from like you know the ice and, and working out for a long period of time because you know when are you ever going to have this much time away from the ice? Like usually you have you know maybe three three weeks at most and then you have right. to go back to working out right so i stayed away from it and then you know at uh kind of like september september october time i kind of started skating and just to prepare for anything if anything was going to arise because i knew some of my friends were already heading over to germany at that time anyways and then probably like two weeks ago or two and a half weeks ago kind of got like two calls from two teams in the dell and one ended up falling through and they ended up signing someone else and then uh this this was a team actually that like talked to me, but then they like, stopped talking to me for like a week and a half. And then all of a sudden they came back around. They're like, Oh yeah, we, we want you. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of surprising. <laughs> checked out your Insta, uh, your Instagram. And then, yeah. We like this guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of just yeah, out of a sudden, but yeah, it just happened like a two week, two and a half week time frame. 
Well, good stuff. Yeah, Ryan, who have you been on the ice with? Because I noticed in the Sudbury Star you're uh, on the ice there with Demi. So who who has been keeping oh, yeah. you, I guess, in shape here in Sudbury? Yeah, so it's been a little bit of everything. I've been on with, uh, on with them probably for the most part. Like, okay. I was on with like uh, like Corey Stillman. He was running right. uh, some ice times out in was it Darson when right. like both of his uh, when both of his sons were here earlier, and then he ended up leaving because you know like Riley and, and uh, Chase both ended up leaving. And then uh, Storts ended up running them um, from uh, Sub Arena. And that was like with like, you know, both his ruse, uh, like Billy from like played London, he was there. And then there's a couple other guys that, you know, kind of came in and out. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There were some younger guys, some of probably your close to your age, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When I used to coach them at RHP and stuff or (laughs) do all those stuff. But yeah, so. Um, so yeah, just like with those guys. And then I, I go with my brother on, uh, with the nooners sometimes. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> it's a blast. I love it. It was so much fun. They love me. They just put you back there and a couple of guys are, uh, especially on the Monday are a little out of shape after the, after the weekend drinking. So <laughs> you get a lot of ice time. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> Sab, you got a question? Hey, yeah, right. I don't, uh, I don't even know dollar value, but what kind of contract are you signing in like, post COVID is it still your typical uh, just a lump sum value or no contingent on how many games you're playing what's going on no so it's just like a normal salary I mean obviously it's not nearly as much of it would be without COVID right because like especially over there a lot of their money comes from you know people in the arenas right like you know like NHL you get a lot of TV rates and all that so uh yeah so it's just not as much money and then typically it's like what they like to do they like to sign a two-year deal in, in the Dell, like I think a lot of teams like to sign a two year deal. So I signed a two year with this, you know, like I think this year is 32 games. If I'm might be wrong on that, but I think it's two 32 games and then the, you know, a full 52 games or 54 games that the following season. Okay. And have the Roosters yeah. started their season already this year? Or are you, you going to uh, Wednesday on Wednesday? Wednesday's, Wednesday's the first game. That's why they wanted me to fly out today so that I can get in and then, get tested and then get like a physical done and then have a like okay. a pre-day, pre-game skate on Wednesday and then game Wednesday. So plan is fly out tomorrow? Yeah, but if I, if that's a plan. But yeah, if I fly out tomorrow, I, I, don't, I don't think I would get there in time for the game. Right. Or I'm not assuming they would put me in. But the thing is, I think I would get there in time actually. But I just don't know if they would. Yeah, there's time change, or if like I, time travel, all that yeah. fancy shit. Yeah, yeah but, like everything. But that's that's not that's not my that's not their concern, right? That's that's my job to, right. to get around there. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I have no clue. But yeah, so I think if we could, I think we're trying to get out tomorrow. Okay, and and what's this league going to look like compared to some of the other leagues you play in the AHL, NHL? Like, what are you anticipating this? this league will look like uh like in terms of like strength and skill stuff. yeah skill and it's uh i mean it's definitely one of the top ones like if you ever talk about europe top, like the top leagues over there you would you know you would say you know switzerland sweden dow and khl you know like khl is the highest paying switzerland's you know up there probably one of like you know in terms of where you can play like the nicest spot you can play Okay, so sorry. Are are you toe dragging Um, guys, or are you just gonna no? (laughs) No, I mean it's it's, no, it's good over there. It's it's good. Like there's a lot of good players. 
Um, I, I think I, I don't really know for sure about this, but I think a lot more guys would go over there that are really good players because like, you don't have to bus as far, you know, like you're not necessarily spending a lot of nights away from like your girlfriend or wife. If you do have one over there or just in general, you're not spending a lot of hotel nights. So it's a little easier in terms of that. Like, you know, you, then you have coming from like North America, you only have 52 games versus 72 or you know 84 or 82. So like that aspect, it's a lot easier in terms of lifestyle. And then in general, there's a lot of good guys that go over there. So a lot of them go over there because like, you know, the country in general is really nice and their living situation is, is really yeah, good quality. It's, of life. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. So, so th- there's, I don't, I would like, I think Sweden's like a younger league. There's a lot more of younger uh, kids coming into the league and showing up that it might be in the old 17, 18 year olds that come. Yeah. In. I saw that on the um, uh, summary <laughs> article. They signed a couple of 17 year olds. Exactly. Yeah. So those people come in, don't really play as much, but then, you know, when they develop and then they sign and, you know, go first or second round or something like that, you know, they play in the world juniors. So it's, it's Sweden tends to be a younger league or it's getting younger, kind of like that, like AHL kind of thing. And then I don't know if Dell's following the same route, but okay. it's definitely, yeah. So it's, it's, what's it's your living situation? I have no clue. Like, I mean, over there, they always give you an apartment and, and a car. So that's just like the way that contracts work over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like every Part single week over there. Yeah. It's just, it's just like what's enticing, right? Like, do you, uh, way. do you know what car you're getting yet? <laughs> I don't know. I'm fingers crossed for a, for a German car. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. It, it, it depends. Like some you usually have like sometimes deals and just depends on who it is. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm assuming that if you're going to have like a deal, it'd be some sort of German car. Like, I don't know if it'd be like an Audi or something like that, but it could I be. I hear you like, like those. I, no big deal. I do. Yeah. But like the nicer teams and like, you know, I mean like the, the teams that have some money probably would be giving those, like having those for their players for sure. Right. A question for you on, on the team. Like, I don't know if you, you know, like their situation, like how they're looking this year, how the team is looking like, I know they didn't really have that great of a year last year. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the turnover even is in the Dell as how many returning players they get. But do you know anything about the situation, what they're looking like for this year? I I don't like from my understanding, I think they have enough of the same guys. Um, I've one of the guys I, uh, I regularly game with, I played with him in Sweden. Um, he was talking to me about like a guy that's on the team and he was saying like, he's a good smart defenseman. Um, so like, I just have an idea cause like, I know I played another guy against another guy in like, the DHL. He played for Springfield. So, you know, like I know he's a good player and then, and you know, I'm assuming that any team in the league is always, always good. It just depends on, you know, how good their, their top guys are. You know, if you get like a Mannheim and those ones, you can kind of, you can sometimes get, you know, you know, top tier players. Mm-hmm. So like, that's why like they're the better ones. And sometimes you also get like the better Germans as well. But I mean, I, th- I think we should be able to do good this year. I mean, especially in a year like this, like you just don't, you have no clue what can happen with, you know, 32 games. It's a, it's a shit show. You can get hot. Yeah. Just like yeah. you were mentioning on the pod earlier, we were saying, you know, you never know the Red Wings get hot in a 56 game season and Bert, Bert <laughs> takes the Stanley Cup back home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's wishful thinking, but we'll see. <laughs> Uh, you have to sign RJ to a PTO. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, can you uh, pronounce the team that you're playing for? Because I don't want to butcher it here on the podcast. Uh, loans Roosters. <laughs> That's right, baby. Uh, so who? Uh, 
who was the one that was in contact with you the most? Like, how does it work there for recruiting a player like you? Is it like a the head coach, uh, or did they have a pro scout, or no, um, no? So their GM called me. Okay. Um, and I talked to him, and you know, he had some questions about you know games in the past and where I played, and right. kind of just like general history and stuff. It all just depends on the league. Like, I contact got contact got contacted by another team, and it was the coach that called me. Okay. So like it, it's all just depends how. Like I, f- I feel like sometimes coaches and different teams have a little more, a little more say of who comes in. You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes the GMs have a little more pull, and then you know the the coaches kind of have to just deal with what they got. So I think it kind of just depends on the team. But yeah, this one ended up being the GM who called. Cool, good, good stuff. Maybe one question, like just looking back, um, when you play like in in the. AHL as well as the ECHL, like the difference between that and the, that that year you had in in Sweden, what was the difference like fan wise? I would say, and then even uh, okay. play. Uh okay. Um, I would say, are you guys soccer fans? Chino, Love Chino, soccer, you are, right? Yeah, no, you are. I don't know about Mason, you guys. I'm a little but, bit, uh, a little bit. So, like, I mean, I they have they bring that kind of like atmosphere. I find to a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um you know, obviously some are more than others. If you're, you know, because you, sometimes you have like a big for like a for uh, which is a big team in Sweden. Like mm-hmm. you have always a lot of fans, right. Um, like when I played in Swiss, like that was probably the, like the craziest crowd I've ever played. And like yeah. in, in terms of who I've played in front of, that was probably better than like Montreal in my eyes. Um, like it was a blast. They had like flares going like sparklers and, you know, like they had chants and the, drum, and the drums going, they had the big banners, you know, like, like the, it's literally just soccer, but in a hockey, right? Yeah. So like that, that kind of atmosphere is pretty cool. Like you get, you get a lot of people really invested in, in your team. Right. Um, but then, then, you know, in terms of hockey, it's like Sweden's younger. So you have a lot of younger people, but then they're still, you know, tough as, like hardest shit to play against you right. know like they, they work really hard and they're skilled right so it's just like a younger league and hl is getting younger too but then you have all these different people coming from every single you know country in the world coming into playing which they're all good players like a lot of these hl players could go and play in the nhl and do well but you know you just have like the top tier in the nhl so it's like it's not that they don't deserve to be there it's just that there's someone that maybe has a bit better you know characteristic on the ice or something so it's uh, I find like that's like the one, the one thing about the HL is like just a lot. Everyone's good. I'm not saying like Sweden or like those kind of teams. Not that everyone's good. It's just that there's it kind of has like a little bit more a little bit more step up. You know. Yeah, for sure. For so sure, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That was a great analogy. I love that. People are gonna like that little dive there. Um, so. I think that's going to wrap it up. We just want to get you on quickly. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we'll have a great interview with you about your whole career uh, later on down the line. Maybe I think uh, this can be a segment with our European correspondent, Ryan Johnson, <laughs> tuning in every couple of weeks. Live from Europe. I think that'd be hilarious. Uh, I'll try and learn some German. Yeah, that's right. Know. Give us a German word of the day every time yeah. we, uh, <laughs> we uh, give you a call. But listen, Ryan, thanks for coming on quickly. Um, and fans are going to love this. So again, thank you. And we'll have you on soon again. Hey, Big Donka, luck. thanks for having me, buddy. Good luck next season, or I guess this season, if you get going. And uh, safe travels, I guess, tomorrow if you fly out, fly out tomorrow. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Let's let's hope I get off the ground tomorrow. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I don't mind. I don't mind being home. It's nice being home, but just, you just get in the mindset to get going. You know, like I was oh, like yeah. all set, packed up, and now I had to 
unpack all my stuff. I went on the ice when I got back today. So I had to unpack all my like boots and my coats and some yeah, of my clothes I threw in there. It's, you know, it's so crazy. Hopefully I don't have to go through the day again. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Thanks Ryan. And all thanks for having me fellas. Do it again soon. So that was a pleasure. Nice little treat there. Nice little surprise for the fans to have Ryan Johnson, um, who's a former NHLer. Is that good? Just wondering. Um, and we'll, we'll segue. I think in. Ryan is the uh, the last Montreal Canadiens to play since, or last Siberian Montreal Canadian to play since Bry. Yeah, um, that's big since Brian Savage. You know, baby. I like it, Savvy. What, um, a, what a man rocket RJ is, eh? Oh, yeah. Pure butte. Um and you know keeping on the I ending. think Ryan had the most free drinks at the ID this summer from Big the Cat Girls. Big time. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> All right, keeping on the NHL theme here, we're gonna move it over um to the NHL return to play, and Tom has been all over it. Tommy, give us your uh, latest update here. Yeah, latest update from my buddy Pierre LeBrun. We're best buds, you know. Uh, he follows me on Twitter. Just kidding. No, he doesn't. So this is uh, his little tweet here about the NHL starting back up. So some important dates to know, everybody. Puck drop is January 13th. Trade deadline day is April 12th. So as a national holiday for everybody because trade deadline is the biggest day. And end of the regular season is May the 8th. The expansion draft is kicking on July 21st with the NHL draft being two days after on July 23rd, the 24th. And then the free agent frenzy is July 28th. So we'll be uh, swinging the clubs midsummer uh, when free agency kicks going, kicks in. And uh, yeah, so 56 game season and the divisions look like they're just about confirmed, Alex. Yeah. There's only one wait with uh, Vancouver to see if they are, they're allowed teams yeah, in. And the, the Canadian division is up in air, whether they're going to play in Canada, whether they're going to move to the States, wherever. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll give credit to Mason here for mentioning this one with the Toronto restriction. Who knows if the Leafs are going to be able to play at home, right? So Right. And and also BC, looks like BC's not budging on on people coming to play in, in Vancouver. So looks like Vancouver's going to be out of a home um, and looking for new ones, but, whether they all move to the States, you know. But but we will see hockey again, so that's exciting. It's like the World Juniors going to be a little tease for us, and then you get right into the, the good stuff in the NHL. So this is another tweet from Elliot Freeman, what the playoff format sort of might look like. So the playoffs will be top four in each division. Mm-hmm. Uh, each division produces a champion for the Stanley Cup, so the d- four division winners will advance for one versus four, I assume, and then two versus three. But... Um, so picture the top four in the Canadian division. I don't know, Vancouver, Toronto, Edmonton. So they play divisionally and then and then you crown yeah. a winner from each division? I think so. And then uh, Tom, Montreal will finish higher than Toronto. Okay. That's a guarantee. Okay. So let me you give Carey Price, you give Carey Price a shortened season. Let's watch out. This guy yeah, might get ten, ten shutouts this season. Yeah. They just paid like what, nine million for Jake Allen to be their backup? Okay, let's four. just uh Four, you guys should probably do the same. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Savvy. We got, oh, we got Jack, we got Jack Campbell. We're good. But anyways, I'll, I'll rephrase. I'll rephrase the top four in the Canadian division for you two losers over there. So let's go: Leafs, Canadians, Habs, Oilers, and Vancouver. Yeah, I, I think Vancouver might even be the top team of the. Yeah. Vancouver, Calgary, Vancouver, you can't ever count Calgary. Calgary. It's gonna be tight. It's gonna be tight. Habs are gonna be obviously on the outside looking in. Um, 
but Doesn't I think signal, the, the Leafs like, will finish bottom bottom of that pack for sure. Take in perspective that Canadian division, there's gonna be one winner, so you're gonna be like the best team in Canada technically. Yeah, like that. That's sick. That's like the cool. like, first time, obviously. So it's gonna be cool. I'm excited for this. Yeah, I'm. Really, and I think in a short season, any team can get hot. So you might see a couple Cinderella stories. And that's my biggest yeah. worry is that the Red Wings get hot. We might lose Bertuzzi to the I, from the ID Cup this year. Yeah, like, but what if the Wings go on a heater and yeah, does, we, does he become our, a, our biggest prized possession of the of the ID Cup? <laughs> does does he become a UFA after this deal? Yes. Oh, UFA yes, in one year. So nice. UFA with with the Stanley Cup, we're assuming the Red Wings are going red hot. <laughs> so Stanley Cup is coming to the Idlewild. Watch out. Uh, with some Cody Springs in it, um, ID Cup sponsor. No, no free ads. <laughs> I, I really, I really hope that the Red Wings go for a run there, so I can have another spot on the ID Cup. So yeah, I know you might have another chance to make I'm, the ID Cup. I'm like almost ensuring. <laughs> I'm ensuring my spot on the team. Now. <laughs> RJ, RJ is apparently banned. Bird's going to be on a playoff run, and then, yeah, who knows? Maybe Augie's got to get and go fishing or something. So. <laughs> Alex, he starts his own fishing show. No kidding. <laughs> wow, Tom, that was good. That I don't know, right? I like yeah. to see you smile once in a while. Well, listen, not, nonetheless, this NHL season is going to be different, but I think it's going to be really cool, and we're, we're definitely rooting for our teams, and we're rooting for the Red Wings to go on a, a little red hot streak. Let's mm-hmm. uh, move it on to everyone's favorite segment here on the show. It's the Mayhew Performance Insta Q&A um, again, sponsored by Mayhew Performance for all your mining and health needs in the industry. You can consult them. Visit them at uh, MayhewPerformance.com and reach out to Mike or Nikki Mayhew. All right, let's move on. Let's get right into the questions here. First question is coming from Kevin McClellan. If you could use only one golf brand for life, one for clubs, one for balls, one for clothing, what would it be? Oof. Cobra, Puma. You going Cobra, Puma? I'm going Cobra. They have Sky sick clothes. Loves the creamsicle orange outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Ricky Fowler guy. So I, I do have Cobra Driver 3-Wood, which I love, but I have Titleist Irons. But I know my brother loves his Cobra Irons. And I know Cobra is good, but they, they also have good fashion with the Puma. Yeah, that, that's... That's my pick. Mace? Uh, I think you have to go TaylorMade. Go TaylorMade Irons, TaylorMade Driver, Three Woods, Spider Putter. The wedges are the only skeptical part, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm money with my That's, that's tough, though. Uh, but then you're, you're going Adidas, Adidas gear from head down, looking fly. Right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go off, off, uh, the market here. Oh boy. Um, I'm going to go with the dark horse. Um, the most underrated brand in golf, just because I have their irons right now and I'm going with Mizuno golf, baby. They are so underrated. The clubs are so pure. Um, and, uh, that's who I would be going with. Obviously, I don't know if they make balls. So I'd probably, if I were to pick balls, I think you just stay safe. You pick Titleist. You can't really beat a Titleist ball. Actually, you know what? No, I changed my mind. That plays, uh, Mizuno. Mizuno makes balls, I think. I would change the balls, not from Titleist. I would go TaylorMade. I like the TP5X. It's probably my favorite ball right now on, on the, uh, 
on the game in the game right now. Um, and yeah, that's what I would go with. So Kevin, listen, thanks for the question. Um, Kim, before gonna, you go to the next one, does Cooper make golf balls or am I just, you know, been a long week? No, no, you get to pick, uh, you get to pick a golf ball. Oh, so it's different. You, I could have picked different for everything. Yeah, you can pick one. Well, I was I picking one I was for picking the same. One, one brand. Yeah, no, one everything. for each. One for each. Well, who's reading these oh. questions? Okay, Jesus, let's do this next week. Let's do, this, do this next week. This is bad radio now. This is bad radio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, we'll go to Taylor Staden. Shout out his uh, podcast, Mental Dive. Um, who talks about it more? Tommy with the Telus Cup or Whitney with the Pee Wee Tourney? And we'll uh, <laughs> we'll send it over to Mason Savage for that answer. Yo, uh, Mace, just 100%. clip this. Just clip this. <laughs> <laughs> clip Tom, this. Baby. Tommy is currently wearing his size small Gildan uh, Telus Cup sweater. Look, Mace, it fits my wrist, baby. Here, I'll even move it up for you. Look, bud. Uh, did you find oh, that in Valley happens. Village? Is that from when Augie uh, took the caps on a telescope? All right, run? all right, all right. You two over there are just jealous. You guys never played in a national championship. Okay. What do you, what's your answer? What's your answer? It's obviously you with the telescope. We're 10 episodes in there, 300 and some. You yeah, with you the telescope, the and then I, I'd even argue you saying you hit the gym. I think that, I think those two battle the, themselves <laughs> for the most dropped comments you say on the podcast by far. Just pick on, Tom's, pick on Tommy Sunday. Uh, let's go to the next question here. Okay, next question. Um, this one's kind of directed at us, Tom, from Kyle Linema. How does it feel to lose every beer league game? Tom, I'll just, you know what? It's not worth my time. You can you can take this one. Um, well, when you play against these guys in beer leagues, Alex, you can attest to this. When uh, the games are up to five and somehow it's 2-2 and they score the next one, it's like – Instantly, that goal is worth three, so it's like five two. I don't, I don't remember the last time they know how to count properly. Yeah, you play with guys um, that that really don't know how to do math. It's it's tough. It's and you're tough. playing with Mister Kyle Linema, the like the guy himself who asked this question, who's like rookie of the year in the NOJHL, which just goes off for like ten goals a game. So when he turns the switch, I mean, what else can we do? Um, uh, we don't sounds like you guys game, need though. a new tendy. We yeah, well we're we're on the market. We need to sign. We've lost uh, our attendees for the next uh, rebuy of uh, our time at RHP. Rebuying. We're gonna need uh, a full time tender. Uh, any sponsors looking to set up Macewood gear? Um, you know who you are. Set them we up. Go branded helmet, branded jersey, everything. Branded. Stick. We don't lose every game though, Linny. No, we that? don't. Linny's just yeah. Let's yeah. uh, let's move on. Okay, last question here, Zach Matheson. Future career goals for each member of the pod, Tom. Oh God. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you three options. Okay. Be a really high up position with RBC. Okay, just keep that in mind. No free ads. A GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, or just be really rich from this podcast and have a bunch of sponsorships. <laughs> So I don't have to work. Ambitious, Tom. Ambitious. I hey, like it. That's the first three that came to my mind. I that's always, right. you know, played be a GM mode growing up and uh, love just taking apart the Leafs. So I think the the future GM job of Trauma Police, maybe I'll take over. Dubis. You never know. Never you never know. know. Just got to talk to Kyle Davidson. All yeah, right. That's right. We'll send it over to Mason Money Savage. Hey, well, I just applied for teacher's college. So that's probably the end goal right now but you give me the opportunity i'm running the idwell golf and country club i'm bringing that place back to the glory days i'm making the id invite the id invite it's the premier tourney 
I'm bringing the ID cup to new levels. That's, that's the true dream, but we're going to go the teacher's college route right now and see, see where that goes. All right. Idlewild, listen, uh, I, that's, there's your interview right there. I think, uh, I think you got to sign him up. Um, as soon as he used the word glory days, he was like sold. Oh yeah. He's uh, Mason. What he's done with the ID cup is truly unbelievable. And this podcast. I mean, that, that was it. Yeah. And the podcast is unbelievable. Um, Mason is, is unreal. Any marketing, any kind of firm would have been lucky to have him. But now uh, they got song because he's going to teach his college so he can run the ID Cup every summer now. No problems. No questions asked. Two months off a year. That's right, baby. All right. Jim, um, for, for myself, I'm You were ready to go to the next question there. No, no. You're going to get better at answering your own oh, questions. Jim's nervous. Nervous. Yeah, he's nervous. What are you going to say? I'm, I'm sticking like, with the teacher's college route. That's where I'd like to go. I just see myself being in education um, for, for a long period of time. And I'd obviously want to work myself up, you know, be a principal um, superintendent director and all that kind of stuff. I think that's something in my interest that I'd like to do. Um, and if there's something that, you know, comes up with sports out of spad, whatever, take the chance, take the ball and run with it. I think, uh, I think that's somewhere I'd like to do. So. I think he forgot hey, to be minister. That's where I was going. <laughs> Later you, down the line, yeah, you know what? Um, right now, politics is a nasty game. There's no debate. You love it. You the love media it. media is nuts. Um, but I definitely, I think my main interest would be provincial politics, I think. In, in three years, Jim, you're going to be buying ad space on our podcast to run for your... Uh, <laughs> for my, for my campaign. campaign. <laughs> buying it, I better be able to have my for free. No, no, no free ads, bud. No free ads. <laughs> no, it's conflict of interest. You can't be doing any other no stuff. No kidding. But, uh, but, but, but yeah, provincial politics, I think, is the best because you got your, your health, your education, all that good stuff is, is in, uh, in provincial politics. But uh, all right, listen, Zach, thanks for the question. That is going to wrap up the Insta Q&A sponsored by Mayhew Performance. Once again, thank you for that. And I think that's going to wrap up our episode, boys. We've had another jam-packed episode. Um, again, on behalf of the pod, I want to wish a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We hope everyone's staying safe um, and, and enjoying these times the best as you can. You know, hang out with your family, squeeze them a little tighter, um, hug them a little more. You know, it's it's always good to be around family, Tom. Yeah, I actually have a gift for both of you. You guys don't even know about this, so I have to give, have to meet up one time with uh, Alex and Mason to drop you guys off Christmas gifts. Okay, oh my God, love, you, love you both. Not getting any wow. tummy sticks here, but you keep on saying Happy New Year. We'll be back next week before New Year's. So I just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. And hopefully Santa brings a... Well, usually when you for. wish Merry Christmas, you just take it and have You it. have to say it. I know. I get that. But I'm here to keep you on your... Happy, happy so Hanukkah. That's all. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah <laughs> as well. Yeah. I'm just waiting for you guys to say I got you. I got Tommy something too, but it's... Well, yeah. Now now I'm, I'm running out to uh, Lululemon. Nice. Or, or I'm running out. that much on you? You know what? I'm just going to look up Telus Cup merch. <laughs> <laughs> And a shaker bottle for after the gym. Yeah. Can we, uh, yeah. For my Telus Cup segment here, I was actually looking the other day at like the people I played against. There's like eight guys that just went in the NHL draft in the first round that I played. Is that against. good? He's playing eight Cup. No, no big And I'm here in my girlfriend's basement filming a podcast, and these guys are making show money. So oh, it is yeah. what it is. I was just matching lines with the big boys, but the Telus Cup, baby. You yeah. never know where you're going after that. <laughs> All right, listen, guys, 
it's been an awesome, it's been a fun podcast. Um, one, thank you again, Kyle Davidson, for coming on. Absolute blast of an interview. Thank you to Silver Cross Me for performance for always, you know, being loyal to us, sponsoring us through uh, through these last nine episodes. Thank you so much um, for that. Again, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find us on there. We're also on a whole bunch of other platforms. You just got to click our our link in our Instagram bio, which is at BTP Podcast Double Underscore. We also post stories quite a bit during the week. Get involved. We love interacting with our fans, so please click on it. Give us a give us a shout, give us a like, and also participate in whatever we're going on because there's a bunch and uh, something cool coming up. Is we're going to see what your thoughts are on the intro song, and uh, we'll we'll see with that. But again, on there, give us a review, um, give us a shout or whatever. We love we love the support that we've already been getting from everyone. So again, thank you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. This is episode nine of Behind the Bench, and we will see you next Tuesday. Well, uh, it's the holiday season, and Santa is checking his list to see who is naughty or nice, and I'm kind of feeling guilty, so I wrote a song. (laughs) So many presents. Santa won't be coming by my house this year Cause I tried to drown my sister and I pierced my ear Oh mama made it perfectly clear Santa don't like bad boys Especially Jewish ones Gnipkinop and Lego blocks are what I desire. So why'd I have to set the pizza guy's hair on fire? I told him I was sorry, I'm a liar. So no toys for me. I don't deserve them. I couldn't wait for a big wheel as the holiday neared. But then I told my grandma Dear Santa, I know what my problem is, why I can't be good. It's a fear of intimacy. You see, my whole life, whenever I've met someone really great like you, and I keep feeling I'm getting too close to them, something inside me makes me want to screw it up. So in a weird way, the reason I'm so bad is because I love you so much, Santa. Rock'em, sock'em, robot is what I was hoping for. But then I made a death threat to Vice President Gore. Oh, Santa won't be knocking on my door, cause she's a big fat whore. What made me say that shoots and ladders would be so good indeed? I'll do you right Live from New York It's Saturday
night.